Welcome to the Daily Illini Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Jones, joined as always with Gabby Hajduk, Alec Bussey, and Josh Peach. Guys, last week it was 80 and sunny. This week I woke up to snow two times. How are we feeling about this weather? I am done. Okay, it's April. April, mind you. Like, we're not in March anymore where, like, the weather's able to kind of, like, play around. Like, listen, I get in March, you get a little snow, you get a little heat. It's, like, the middle of April. I'm done. It's the world ending. I'm convinced. <laughs> the world is going on. Do you guys remember, like, a week ago when it was, like, hailing, like, dipping Dots? Like, do you guys remember that? Like, all those little things. Yeah, no, the world's ending and whatever. I'm just going to go make a snow angel and forget about it. Yeah, also being from the northern side of the state, having to wake up early for class and then just seeing snow on the ground, you're kind of like, just this is terrible. And just makes your mood that much worse. Imagine walking to class in snow, though, on like April 17th. I'd be so mad. I would be so (laughs) mad. I would be so mad. And I even like snow. Like, I think it looks nice when it's like all flat and stuff in your front yard Mm -hmm. and everything. Like, I think it looks cool. But then like, you're walking to class like, God, this freaking sucks. Like, yeah, no, I'm not against snow. And then, like, your boots at this point in the year, like, they're yeah. just going to make your feet way too sweaty and, like, gross. Yeah. So, like, you got to be wearing your sneakers. And then your <laughs> sneakers are just going to get ruined by the snow. Like, oh, I'd be so mad. Tough. Very tough. Um, another thing that was tough for Illini fans was that, I mean, we kind of expected it, but I would assume uh, declare for the draft, not yesterday, but two days ago, um, in a really cool draft announcement. Um, I think it really showed how, you know, he cares for the fans, the fans care for him, all that stuff. Guys, was this a surprise to anybody? I don't really think so. I don't think so. I did want to comment on the video, though. Like, I think it's obvious to anybody who pays close attention to Illinois basketball the past few years, especially, like, Io and his family are very smart, and they're very good, like, marketers for him and his brand. Like, that was a cool video. I was mm-hmm. – I was expecting something because he always puts out like a good video or like a good hype video, but that was cool. But then I saw someone, I forget who it was. It's like, I think it was Cole Hanky. I don't know, but they're like, did Io just break up with Illinois <laughs> through a text? It was like kind of funny, but I liked how he did it. And I think he did it in like the most respectful, like mm-hmm. way. And I think, I think, like I said, if you've paid attention and you've been around, you can just see the mutual respect that, like, Illini Nation, Brad Underwood, the team has for Io, and the respect Io has for them back. And just reading Brad Underwood's statement the other day, like, you can tell he just cares so much about Io, and I think Io reciprocates that. So I think it's just cool to see that side of him and to kind of see just him show his appreciation for the school. I don't know if I was surprised by him announcing that he was going to declare for the draft, but I think I was getting to a point where your interest and maybe your confidence level in him coming back was increasing as the days passed with him not declaring. I mean, we were just outside of 10 days, I think, um, away from the deadline to declare for the draft. I mean, he had around a month, over a month at that point to decide what he was going to do. So I wasn't surprised because I still expected him to declare for the draft. I was just maybe less surprised than I was um, than I thought I was going to be, I guess, it, if it would have happened earlier. Um, but with that being said, I liked how guy hit on the video. And then I also thought it was interesting how he kind of released two videos. He released a video saying thank you with mm-hmm. some of his highlights. Um, you know, the video saying thank you with all of his highlights, I think is maybe a little bit more telling than the, statement in the video saying that he's 100% in and he's 100% locked in. I forget what the exact wording was, but I think that that thank you video with his highlights may say a little bit more about how invested he is in going to the NBA. And I know Shannon Ryan last night was able to publish an article in the Tribune where she spoke to Kwam Sumu, his dad. And he said, basically he's 98, 99% locked into it. And the only way he's not going is if they're hearing he's not going to get drafted or if the pandemic and coronavirus results in, you know, the draft being canceled or other things being canceled. So I, I think Alani fans should expect him to go to the draft and that's not a bad thing. Anytime we're putting NBA, anytime we're putting players into the NBA, that's a good thing for your program because it shows you have the ability to send players to what their ultimate goal is and they all want to play in the NBA. And if I was able to do that, that's a good thing for the program. Yeah, I was obviously not surprised at all. I loved the video. I think that he answered every 
questions the fans had. And that first one with the text message was just like a real uh, way for him to show how much he appreciates Illinois and the fan base and everything like that. And then, like you said, Alec, the next one was a little bit more telling. Uh, the way that a lot of Illini sources responded to the tweet uh, makes me think more and more that he's gone next year where I kind of built that hope that he was going to stay. Um, so I, I do think that this, like the response to it makes it seem like he's not going to be here next year, but if he can go pro, that's good for him and that's good for the program. So he'll do what's best for him. And yeah, not, not surprised. I agree. I think like I, over the past week, I think I've talked to some of you about this. Just like, I kind of, because he didn't do it so early, like, you know, Kofi did it over a week ago now. And then you wait for Io and you're like waiting, waiting. So then like I started to create this idea in my head. I'm like, oh, he's coming back. Like if he hasn't done it by now. But at the end of the day, you know it was going to happen. And I think a lot of fans and the team in general can just be lucky you got him for two years instead of just one. And the fact that, you know, he came back after last year and was that what he wanted to do? Like, was that his life goal? Probably not. I'm sure he wanted to go to the NBA right away. But at the end of the day, he was – it was going to happen no matter what. I just think because it took so long, we all started to build this like happy idea of year three of IO and this huge like national championship run. Yeah. I think that that really came from the fact that we didn't get a proper completion to his season. I mean, the reason he came back was like, I want to dance. Like I want to take this program to where I wanted to take it before I came here. Um, Stuff like that. And the fact that, you know, Io, who is, you know, this amazing closer, we think would have been, you know, a perfect March Madness player, didn't get to do that when, you know, it's not a fault of their own, um, kind of really contributed to, oh, maybe he's going to come back, maybe he's going to do this. But I think we all realized that his goal is not to, you know, be a Illinois player for four years. It was always to be in the NBA. And I think we know that, you know, he's talented enough to at least try to pursue that, maybe not be drafted, but definitely pursue that. Um, so I think it's good for him. But also you guys talked about how it's good for the program. I mean, this was a five-star guy coming in, but we also have another five-star guy uh, coming in as he's leaving. And Adam Miller, who, you know, Alex just told me um, officially won Mr. Basketball. He is not uh, signed to the Illini yet. Um, I know the, the deadline has been extended because of all this. Uh, are you guys concerned at all? I... I wouldn't say concerned. I personally think Adam Miller's coming. I think what there's been is a lot of rumors that can concern you, you know, like he's going here, he's not coming, he's not signed, da-da-da-da-da. I think it makes sense for him to maybe not sign right now. Listen, I feel like now is a weird time for everybody. There's cancellations here. There's cancellations there. Like, nothing is guaranteed right now, especially in the sports world. Who knows at this point? So I don't see it as a too big of a deal that he didn't sign right away. I think he's made it very clear on social media that he wants to be an Illini. And he's, like, expressed that to random fans on Twitter. I don't think you go about doing things like that if you aren't committed, like, mentally and fully committed to a program. So I'm not worried, but it does just – it does – I think I'm just curious, like, okay, when's the time then? Like, when – when do we think this is going to happen? Because obviously we know everything with coronavirus isn't going to slow down or like stop on a dime. And like things aren't just going to open back up in May and June and sports are going to be whatever. So I think my biggest question is just like, if not now, if we're waiting on that, then when's the right time? Um, But I ultimately think he'll end up at Illinois. I think it's something that it's important to remember this, that, I do still think he ends up in Illinois. I've never really kind of wavered from that idea that he would not come to Illinois um, a whole lot. And especially with people who are a lot more plugged in and have more sources than we do have reported similar things that he's still expected to come to Illinois. Um, as, when you see him recruiting Brandon Weston or making comments of Brandon Weston on his Instagram story, like those things are all kind of telling. Um, and apparently he's recruiting Brendan Watson to come to Illinois. Like he wouldn't be doing that if he wasn't hundred percent locked in. And he's tweeted, like Gabby said a couple of times that he's a thousand percent locked in. And he said that Illinois is a perfect place for him and his family. And I think that's all something to consider with him and how much he does want to come to Illinois. And it, there's so much that goes into signing. And it's someone with Adam Miller who, and 
this isn't meant to be taken the wrong way, but he likes a lot of attention. I mean, look where he signed or committed at. He committed at the Jordan Brand store. He had a video that was a couple minutes long. And in the video, he didn't even announce where he was going to school. And he came out and he announced it that way. Like normally most kids announce where they're going to school in the video. And Adam in a way I think is very similar to Io and that they're very thought out and they have a plan for how they're going to handle a situation and they handle it in that way. Um, and I think Adam's plan just may not be as vocalized right now as Illini fans would like it to be. And I think that's something that they need to take a step back and recognize and remember that he is still committed. And as long as he's committed to Illinois, they should expect him to come to Illinois. Now, if he decommits, I think you can raise your level of concern through the roof that he won't come to Illinois. But right now he's still committed. Expect him to still sign with Illinois because he wants to be an Illini. Um, And that I think is pretty easy to tell when he's, posting things on his Instagram story, tagging Brandon Weston saying yep. make a move or he's tweeting that he's a thousand percent committed or he's making a couple visits throughout the season with Brandon Weston. Um, he wants to come to Illinois. It's just a matter of time. And if he wants to have a signing ceremony in Chicago or in Peoria, he has a right to do that. Is that possible? Is that something that is going to be able to happen? Nobody knows, but if he wants to have that happen, he deserves to you know, have the time, to see if it is possible in a month or two, because that's a very special moment for a college athlete, especially one with his notoriety and his stature um, and be Mr. Basketball. Like he deserves that and he deserves the opportunity to have a ceremony. Yeah, I agree with you, Alec, especially in the fact that he, he likes his attention. Like the Jordan brand thing was bold, but it was cool because if he hands out, then that's just the first step in his big journey at Illinois. But uh, you guys mentioned him responding to people on Twitter, like, I'm a 1,000% locked in. I think that if he did that so much and is tweeting, like, I'm an Illini, I want to be here, and he ended up decommitting, it would look pretty bad. I know that that doesn't matter as much in the college basketball world, but I just think that it really wouldn't look good for him, and it would bring down his image a little bit, which he clearly cares a lot about. Uh, something that Alec and I were talking about the other day is that a situation like this makes you – just hate Twitter and hate sources because you have one person saying, Oh, he's a thousand percent locked in no matter what. And then another person saying, Oh, if I, if I stays, he's going to Michigan. So we really now, obviously all of us seem to think that he's going to be in a line on no matter what, but it just, I guess it scares me a little bit when I hear, Oh, if I stays, well, we don't get Miller and we might get, we might get him for two years, but then if I stays, he's going to Michigan. So it just makes this situation that's more complicated than it should be. And, hopefully Miller comes. I think we all think he's going to come, but technically there still is a possibility he doesn't since he is the signing. I also kind of think just real quick, like maybe part of it is like he wanted to give like Io his moment. Like I think it's clear that those two are like on a similar path, but they want them to be their own paths, you know, from a similar area, similar background, similar story, all that. So I think I'm sure they don't want to like overlap each other in big decisions. You know what I mean? So I think, and I'm sure they have that mutual, I obviously don't know the relationship, but I'm sure they have that mutual respect for each other to, you know, the day Io says I'm going to the draft, Adam's not going to be like committed to, Oh no, I signed the paper. Cause then that's just like overlapping each other and kind of like making, trying to like make one a bigger deal than the other. But I think they're both very significant. And they both deserve their own ways of doing things. So um, that's just like kind of my thought. Like maybe he just wanted to give Io his time and then Adam will get his time eventually. But who knows? Who who knows what's going on? Yeah, Something to remember too with this Adam Miller situation is that he technically doesn't have to sign. I mean, he doesn't have to sign the National Letter of Intent. Like he can file for the financial tender or whatever it's exactly called over the summer. Like there's no rule that says he has to sign to Illinois. I will say this, though, for all the speculation that that is going on, you would think if he was 100% locked into Illinois, like he has said he is, that he would say something, that he would say, hey, this is my plan, and with what's going on in the world, like, we just don't feel comfortable signing right now because we want to have a celebration in Peoria or in Chicago or wherever. What he wants to do? Like, I feel like it that's what I would do if I was in his situation or if I was guiding him in a situation and he was hundred percent locked in Illinois, I would release some sort of statement. Cause there's a lot of rumors going around. But he like doesn't Jack- owe anybody that. Like he doesn't. He doesn't I- owe anyone that. You're right. He doesn't owe anyone that, but like, that's like something I would do. Like, especially if there's all these rumors going around that like he's going to Michigan or he's 
Arizona State has even floated around with the success they've had in the last week of getting kids to yeah. commit and sign to Arizona State. Like, there's been rumors about Arizona State. There's obviously been rumors about Michigan. And, like, he has the power to shut those down if he wants to shut them down. I'm not saying he has to, but if he is 100% locked into Illinois, like he has said, and he wants to be an Illini, like, he has a ability to shut those down, release a video, release some sort of statement through some sort of news organization or, you know, tweet something out. I don't know. If he wants to end it, he can end it. Maybe to him, like, if he is 110, 1,000% locked in, then maybe he feels like he doesn't need to do that. Like, maybe he feels like he shouldn't even need to do that. Like, maybe if we all knew he was kind of, like, teetering between two schools, then maybe that would happen. But I just feel like maybe in his head, like, he knows what he's doing. Or at least he has a very good idea. So, like, it doesn't matter to him. You know what I mean? Like, he knows so like everybody should just like calm down type of thing. But I do, I do see what you're saying. I just feel like he doesn't necessarily owe that to anybody. You're like, if he knows what he's doing, then maybe that's just like in his mind that like, well, everybody else should know type of thing. Yeah. I'm in agreement that I just don't think he owes anybody. Like he said, we did it on Twitter before. Like I said, uh, I don't think that it's going to look good for him at all. If he decommits, which is why he's probably just staying quiet. Like he doesn't seem like the guy to me to like, like, I know that he, like, reassured, like, random people that he was signing. Like, it would it would be, like, very informal, too. He'd be like, I'm signing LOL on Twitter or something like that. <laughs> so, I, I can't see him making a formal statement about this. And I don't think he should. I think that he committed. He did it at the Jordan Brand store. He's had his little moments on Twitter. And then, for me, like, I don't think he's going to have a signing party. Like, I don't personally think that signing is as big of a deal. No uh, more at all than, like, committing. So, I just – I think that – we're fine right now and that he doesn't owe us any explanation. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, the only thing that he has shown us that he might not commit is the fact that he hasn't signed. So like, I guess, I mean, obviously, you know, the sources online or whatever, the the people on Twitter saying that, Oh, he might go here. He might go there. Uh, I mean, like the way I look at it is that, you know, what's more likely a source being wrong or a person that's, you know, been this vocally committed to Illinois decommitting, you know? So, and I think that everything's really lining up for him. Io declare for the draft. That was really the one thing that we said might, you know, switch his opinion. Io declare for the draft in, in best case scenario, if Kofi comes back, I mean, this is the team that we wanted to see. So I don't really think that there's, you know, anything we shouldn't be, you know, very, very concerned. I think that he's not going to be there. I think that this is the place that, you know, he wanted to be. If he didn't want to be here, I don't think he would have committed here. Another thing to consider with him as a player, like Alan Griffin transferring and going to Syracuse and leaving Illinois is a good thing for Adam Miller as a basketball player at Illinois. Considering they're similar sizes, they have similar games in terms of the fact that they're both really good shooters, they're good athletes, um, both improving a little bit on defense. Like, he – he has more of a role now. You mentioned I leaving potentially for sure to go to the NBA draft. Alan Griffin is gone. Tevian Jones is gone. Like his role has grown in the last month probably because of players leaving the program. Like he has more of an ability to come in and control the ball more than he probably was expecting to, um, you know, three months ago. I also feel like it's just so easy for like people like us, like journalists, and then also just Illinois fans to like – like overanalyze the situation and I think that's just what every like sports fan or sports like anybody involved in sports who cares that much about a team or about you know just the sport in general like you're just going to overanalyze everything you're going to overanalyze everything he says on Twitter like because it's just like like Andre Corbello you don't you barely heard anything about him in the past like couple weeks because we know he's going like I'm I don't know. I'm a little more excited for him now than like Adam Miller, to be honest. But like, it's just those speculations can like get in your head. And like I said, like when you care so much about something, it's so easy to just like build these ideas. Like I said, like I built this whole idea of like Io coming back for a third year. So I think that's just part of it. It's like you want to know, you want to be in the know. And just making that comparison back to Adam and Io, like everybody always speculated about Io too, whether he was going to leave after his first year, you know, things like, is he going to come back for a third year? And I think both of them have been very up to themselves about that and don't really speak to the media when it comes to that, like not offering that, 
you know, video just to say, you know, I'm still coming type of thing. And so I think we should know by now that both of them and now Adam are like more to themselves, to their family type people. And they'll make the announcement when they want to. I don't know. I just think like everyone's and it doesn't help that there's nothing else to think about or to do or to watch right now, just with sports in general. So you just want to overanalyze every situation and, you know, like be on top of everything. Because what else is there to do? What else are you going to do? Yeah, I was literally just about to say that there's nothing else for us to think about. Like us sports fans don't have anything to watch except for a mediocrely uh, produced game of horse on ESPN. So that was bad. (laughs) That was terrible. But besides the point, yeah, that's what I was just about to say. So us Illini fans are developing these opinions. And like I said, we all seem to be thinking the same thing. Uh, And that's kind of like going back to how I said the response to Io going to the NBA on Twitter, like a lot of like, just for example, like Barstool or people of that equivalence, like they seem to think Io's gone where we see draft experts that are thinking he's not even getting drafted. So Illinois, especially, you know, we have a strong Twitter fan base. We've seen it in the recent polls tend to develop opinions together based on this whole like idea that we're Illini fans. So I'm like, I'm just saying what people surrounding Illini media are saying might not be the most like trustworthy right now, but at the same time, when it comes to sources like Adam Miller signing or not, who else are we going to get the information from? So, so we just have to wait and see. Okay. Can I have an idea for our next podcast? Can we have a horse competition? And per- display it on zoom. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was so hard to it and post it. If people like, don't want to watch NBA players shoot horse, they don't want to see us. I don't know, because it could be better entertainment. Guys, it's not that it was the players. It was just the production was so bad. It like, was so bad. It was just boring to watch. Yeah. Like, I found on ESPN Monday this past week to watch it. And I was – not to, like, watch it, but just, like, see what no, was on. Because I was curious. And it was on, and I was like, maybe two shots. I was like, this is horrible. Like, this is not fun to watch at all. I mean, I commend them for trying to put something on, but, like, this is just bad. This and I the think, league was so bad. I think if we get, like, our families outside as, like, a cheering section, you know what I mean? Like, it could really, like, bring this video alive. I just – it's just an idea. I would, but I don't have a, a basketball room, and all the ones by my house have been taken down. They took them down because of the virus? Taking them down or boarded them because people were still playing. Yeah. I'm Lori Lightfoot is not playing around in Chicago. He does not play. He does not play at all. There is no basketball. <laughs> I love her comment about the Cubs. Nobody can. I loved her comment about the Cubs this past week. What'd she say? What was it? Something about how Cubs fans waited 108 years for a World Series so oh, they can wait this out. I was like, yes. Yes. Oh, she got him. <laughs> yes. She got him. I'll well, take baseball you. privilege right there. <laughs> whatever i'll catch you guys in horse next week whatever you guys are just scared of me yeah, i think that's, that's, what it is. that's what it is yeah i beat my brother the other day so can either of you guys dunk i assume uh, you can't no. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm so close like i can dunk i've been Alec, close since dunked. like I've year, though i've never dunked oh man i Stop. dunked when i was in very good shape and then i went to college so Freshman 15. Yeah, no, senior year was definitely closest. And then I went to college, and it's been, like, either stagnant or a little bit down ever since. It's tough. But um, (laughs) (laughs) I guess moving on to – I mean, we're still kind of talking about recruits, but um, this was some really big news that affects both the NCAA and the NBA. Um, Number ESPN number one player in the country as a senior class 2020. Uh, Jalen Green decided that he is not going to college and he is going to uh, participate in the the new NBA uh, G League development program. Um, this was you know followed by news of also Isaiah Todd after he decommitted from Michigan, deciding that he's going to do the same. Alec, I know you're a little happy about that, uh, but what this G League offers is it's not actually in the G League, um, like, circuit teams. But, you know, it's a team that's going to focus on player development. They're going to play uh, G League teams. They're going to play international teams. Um, Jaylen, every contract is going to be different, but Jalen Green is probably going to be, you know, one of the top earners. And his, you know, contract, he gets, like, $500,000 salary, and there's a whole bunch of incentives and, and endorsement possibilities. I know Sham said that it could be worth up to a million dollars if everything goes right. 
guys, what do you what do you guys think that this is going to mean for the NCAA? Because I feel like the talent we've seen the NBA focus more on, you know, international talent and, you know, you see people like RJ Hampton, LaMelo Ball, who are, you know, top 15 consensus picks that did not play in the NCAA. And I feel like if the NCAA is really pushing that, you know, we're the best option to get you to the league, it's, it's not going their way right now. So what are you guys feeling about it? I mean, honestly, if I'm either of these two guys right now, I'm doing the exact same thing. Like if your main goal in life, whatever, or in your beginning life is to go to the NBA and play professionally. And you know, even if you go to college, you're going to be one and done anyways, why not go get paid for it? Because I think the argument you can make is like the college experience and like, you know, three to four year development, if you stay that long, but if you know you you're good enough, you want to be a one and done, you want to go right to the NBA pretty much after high school, you know, take a year or whatever to play in the G League, whatever. Why not go get paid and why not play against other more matured, like developed players? Why just spend the year in college not making any money? Because at the end of the day, if you know you want to go to the NBA, you're going to make money eventually. So, I mean, that's such a big thing. And that's the argument for years and years and years, like college athletes getting paid. Like I would assume making money off his Jersey, like whatever you have that opportunity and you know, you're not going to be at college for four years. I think that's the smartest thing you can do. But I also don't think it hurts the NCAA that much because there just aren't, there aren't hundreds, thousands of players who are going to go do that. There's only a select group. And yeah, that takes away from the overall talent in the NCAA. But then it also kind of makes a team like Illinois more competitive with some of those, you know, bigger one year, one and done like big schools or like Duke or something like you can be more competitive as a whole. But I understand that it does kind of like shrink the amount of high-level talent in the NCAA, but I don't think it really takes away from college basketball. I'll tell you what the NCAA has to do. They're going to have to respond some way pretty quickly because <laughs> they still don't want to lose. Ultimately, like, the NCAA is a business, right? Like The NCAA is reliant on money, and even though it's like technically a nonprofit, like, it still brings in billions of dollars of revenue every single year, especially with related to March Madness. And, like, yes, they've, like, said that they're going to look into paying players for the use of their likeness, which I, I'm a big fan of. I think they should be able to do that. But they're not going to make a million dollars like Jalen Green's going to make in the G League. Um, but at the same time, like, I agree 100% with what the kid did. And I agree with what Isaiah Todd's doing. Like, why would you not do that? Like, why would these kids go sit in class for – and take 12, 14 credit hours a semester. Why would they do that? It, that's not what they're there to do. They have no interest in being there. The only reason they're there is to play basketball. They're, they're being forced to go there. Now, at the same time, like, you can't tell me that kids don't need a year of development to really elevate their game to be ready for the NBA. Because if you – Zion Williamson is a perfect example. Zion wasn't even the number one kid in his recruiting class coming out of high school. He was like top five, but he wasn't number one. Give him a year at Duke and he's the undisputed number one player in the draft. The moment the Pelicans are awarded the number one pick, I think their GM pretty much goes, yeah, we're taking Zion. Like he clearly needed the year of development to really blossom into the player that people eventually thought he could be. But at the same time, like – these kids have nothing to lose if they go to the G League. Like, yeah, if their basketball careers don't pan out, they don't have a college edu- education. But they weren't going to have a college education anyway because they weren't going to pan- – like, they weren't going to be in their school for more than a year or two anyway. Like, they weren't going to get the degree anyway. Um, granted, like, there's a kid who are these top-flight recruits who everyone thinks is going to be a one-and-done. Khalil Whitney is a perfect example of this. He went to Kentucky. He didn't pan out. But, look. He still might get drafted. And if he doesn't get drafted, he's going to be able to go overseas and get paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to play professionally over there. Um, Jalen Green has nothing to lose. What he did was the right decision for him as a basketball player and for him as developing as a basketball player on and off the court because now he's living a professional lifestyle. He isn't going to class. He doesn't have tutoring hours. He doesn't have 
all these other things going on in his life that are taken away from his development as a basketball player. And does it hurt his markability and his brand? Probably a little bit. But if you don't think Nike, Under Armour, and Adidas are still going to be offering him a contract the moment he's a top five pick next year, you're wrong because they're going to. And he's going to be wearing their shoes. Like, this is a good move for him. And the NCAA is going to have to find a way to respond to it, to try and find a way to keep kids who are the top 15, 20 recruits in their respective class to really consider going to college because the college degree and the piece of paper isn't a high enough priority for them. Their goal and their dream in life is to go to the NBA and make millions of dollars over a 10, 15 year career. And a lot of them do it. Yeah. I'm really happy for these guys, especially because up until this point, I think the NCAA would have done nothing about giving college athletes any type of money or any type of proper treatment because you see like what happened with James Wiseman this year with that very very like iffy situation about him moving when Penny Hardaway was just a booster like just a terrible situation that really screwed him over so especially after seeing that why not go like Jalen Green knows there's basically a team getting created around him He's making at least $500,000, and now Isaiah Todd is coming and probably going to play with him too. It's a fantastic situation, but at the same time, you're right that it's only going to be about 15 or 20 players that could do this every year. And then I saw something on Twitter yesterday that was like, for every RJ Hampton, LaMelo Ball, there's an Obi Top, and for every James Wiseman, there's a Luka Garza. People still have goals, and people still do want to be in the NBA. And a lot of people aren't a top 15 or 20 recruit and end up being a high pick in the NBA. Look at John Moran. He went to Murray State. Now he was the number two pick in the drafts and is, and is fantastic in the NBA in just his first year. So as great as this is for people like Jalen Green, uh, the NCAA is still going to live. And they are probably, like Alex said, going to respond in a way to get kids to come still. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very happy for someone like Jalen Green, but I think the NCAA is going to be okay. I think you you might have like a couple of those players who end up going to the G League and have no business doing that and should have gone to college. You're going to have a couple of those. And that ultimately hurts the NCAA because you could have had that talent in there. But they're not all just going to flock to this thing because they're all not good enough to do that. And like I said, there's going to be those kids, those families who think they are good enough to do that and they're just not. But there's still that appeal. And I think there's still plenty of guys who know they have to develop and also value an education. Like someone like Jalen Green, yeah, he probably just wants to go to the NBA. Like, that's the thing. He never wanted to get a college education, whatever. He's going to make millions of dollars either way. But then you have a guy like Cassius Winston, like, who needed those years to develop, obviously values being at Michigan State, who obviously valued his college experience, and now he's going to go on and play and hopefully be successful. So I think you just still have that huge chunk of guys who know they can't just go straight to the G League, go straight to the NBA and get paid. Obviously, everyone wants to get paid at the end of the day. Everybody wants their money at the end of the day. But I think you're still going to have tons of those guys and tons of those because it also boils down to like family situations and things like that where, yeah, you might, a guy might be okay not earning money right away. Like family might be stable, but then you might have another guy who's just going to go for it and try just to try and make money, you know, just depending on situations. But I, I agree that NCAA kind of has to do something to try and counteract that, but I don't think they're going down anytime soon. Yeah. I think that this is really going to boost the competition, I guess, for, for, you know, these teams that aren't, necessarily one and done teams you see like Kentucky who's always there and they always are trying to get one and done talent and this is going to try to have to you know change the way that they recruit and change the way that they you know build their program but I agree with Alec like you can't think that this is a great thing for the NCAA like imagine how much money that Duke team you know made the NCAA two years ago I'm I'm almost certain that final four and they didn't even make it to the final four and I'm certain that Zion Williamson and RJ Barrett, if this was an option, would have went to the G League and, you know, probably, um, oh my God, I'm blanking on his name right now, but um, Cam Reddish, Cam Reddish, Cam Reddish would have also, I think, at least explored this opportunity. Like he was also a top 10 guy. So, I mean, this is going to hurt them financially because you're not going to have those 
people to that draw in NBA fans or the NCAA when they draw in NBA fans, you know, for these one and done talents that, that are going to be in the NBA next year. Um, like that's where they get their NBA fans from, but you know, it's going to boost competition, but as far as revenue, like the NCAA still has to figure out how they're going to, you know, push that it's the best option for these talented players instead of, you know, going and it's going to be hard because, you know, going to a, a, a team that's, you know, going to develop them and going to, offer them money and, and they're going to offer them, you know, they also offer like classes on like wealth management and stuff like that. Like this is, this is good for the NBA. And I mean, this is why the NBA is one of the best leagues, you know, in the world is because they're always, you know, trying to, you know, benefit their players. And, and this is, I think this is such a smart move by the NBA, by the uh, G league. And I think it's, it's going to continue to grow right now. There's only one of these development teams, but you know, who knows in the future, there might be more. So it'll be, super you know it'll be different but i think it'll be something that's you know pretty exciting another thing to consider too is that like it's not like the this southern california g league team that jalen green and isaiah todd are on is going to be like playing on espn yeah Yeah. playing on national tv where fans can watch if the g league gets to a point and the nba has the right to do this if they get to a point where they're like you know what yeah let's broadcast these games like Everyone wants to see Jack Green play. You're telling me in two years when Imani Bates has the ability to make this decision? Or, I mean, at that point, he could just go straight to the draft. Like, that's a possibility, too. But you're telling me people aren't going to want to watch Imani Bates on TV? Like, people are going to want to watch him. Like, the dude just won the Gatorade National Player of the Year, and he's a sophomore. He's the youngest person to ever do that. Like, the kid's an insane basketball player. Like, if people want to watch him, they're going to watch him. And that. If the, if the G League gets to a point where they do that and they're marketing themselves as, like, another league to watch and you get to watch high-level basketball players who are freak athletes, throw down amazing dunks, hit all sorts of crazy shots, like, then the NCAA will get even more concerned because then there's going to be less people that really do want to watch college basketball if the G League's another option to watch. Now, like, I still think the root of college basketball fans are the alumni of college universities, right? Like – we all grew up watching college basketball or the NBA based off of where our parents went to school. I mean, like each of my parents went to the university of Illinois. My whole family has gone to the university of Illinois. I grew up an Illinois basketball fan. Josh is in the same situation. Gabby, you're in a very similar situation. Like we grew up Illinois basketball fans because of our families and because they are alumni of the university of Illinois. It's like that at every school across the country. Um, That's just how it is. But if the G league gets to a point where like, they're promoting these games and they're on TV. They're on ESPN news. They're on ESPN two. They're on TNT. They're on the NBA network. Like then they could start to draw kids away from wanting to watch college basketball, I think, but ultimately like the alumni are still going to want to watch their university play college basketball. They're still going to watch March Madness. They're still going to watch big 10 sec, big 12 ACC games. They have no reason to not watch. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, there's still going to be that appeal for college basketball. And I agree with the point you both made earlier just that the NCAA has to do something different has to make like a different campaign for itself because I feel like it's always been you know education and not everybody values education the same amateurism like not everybody needs an edu not necessarily needs but values it or wants it or there's a different path for them so I think if the NCAA wants to continue making the money it does and not saying that you know the how they make their money and not like pay the players I I don't think it's right either um but they have to make a different appeal if they do want that because eventually if guys that good are playing in this G League and it's that competitive and it's that good you're gonna get those people who are just flipping channels see it get sucked in and now you're a fan and now you might pick that game over, you know, just a random college basketball game that you would watch, you know, on a Tuesday, Thursday night, whatever. And so I think there has to be a different appeal to want to play college basketball. I don't know what that is, honestly. I don't see if you can go make hundreds of thousand dollars, close to a million dollars, first just have a one-year college experience. I think that's a pretty easy answer to go to. So I don't know the answer for the NCAA, but I do agree that, like, if they want to keep up with this and they want to keep those high-profile players, then, like, they need – the marketing team needs to, like, get going um, and just, like, market 
the NCAA and college basketball in a different way than they ever have. I think that Adam Silver is a really, really smart guy, and he's a great commissioner. And he came out yesterday and said this is going to be great development for people, and I totally agree with him. And I think he realized that like ESPN was even broadcasting Bronny James, Sierra Canyon games last year, and that these guys are going to get attention, which is going to make the G League grow. But I think something we have to realize that, like we said, this is only 15 or 20 guys, and that's a maximum. Like, let's say you have all these teams that get, like, you know, like North Carolina gets five McDonald's All-Americans each year. Like, that's only losing one, two, maybe three guys from your team. Like, you're still getting these five-star kids. So, like I said, it's only going to affect a handful of teams. Now, if it gets to the point that you can have, like, top 50 players go to the G League because it expands, we'll talk about that when it happens. But if it really is only 10 people going, that isn't a lot of people that we're missing out on. And uh, I just – I don't think it's going to hurt the NCAA that much, Alec. I can I completely agree with your point on the fan bases. I think someone like me will always root for Illinois. And you still have people that are always going to root for Duke, Kansas, Kentucky, North Carolina, these one-and-done schools. And also, I do think we're going to get followed, like we said, with a statement by the NCAA, and they're going to do something to treat their players better. So I just I think a little bit is going to happen, but I think the NCAA is totally fine. I think some of this falls on the NBA too. Like the NBA needs, the NBA should want college basketball to be an effective feeder league into the NBA. They should want players like Cassius Winston, four-year players in college who had amazing careers. Cassius Winston's going to have his number retired and they go to the NBA and they have maybe not a superstar career where they're really good for, a long time, but they're a serviceable player off the bench that are reckon, that are recognizable. Um, not superstars, not even like stars, not even a player who everyone's buying their jersey. But like the NBA should still want those players because they're still good basketball players and they tend to be pretty good people and they tend to be pretty good examples. And I think the NBA wants that. Um, if that means that they go back to the one and done rule or they get rid of the one and done rule, that's fine with me. And I wouldn't be opposed to it. But at the same time, like, I'm still going to give you the argument that I did earlier that Zion Williamson benefited as much as anyone ever has from having to go to Duke. And he would have had the same situation had he gone to Clemson like everyone thought he was going to do. Like, Zion Williamson benefited as much as anyone ever has off of the one and done rule. He wasn't even going to be the number one pick. He might not have even been a top three pick. Like, R.J. Barrett was going to be the number one pick had he had the ability to not go to college. But Zion Williamson was the undisputed number one pick by far. No one was even having a conversation about it. That kid benefited from going to Duke. And there's still going to be kids who benefit from going to college for a year, two years, three years, four years. Like you said, Josh, earlier with the Obi Toppins, the Luca Garzas. And there's going to be kids who go on this G League route is better for. Like Jalen Green, like Isaiah Todd. There's going to be different routes. And now that there's an ability for these kids to choose, you hope they just make the right decision for themselves um, and their development as a basketball player. Cause that's what this is about. It's not about the money that the NBA is trying to make off these kids or the NCAA is trying to make off these kids. It's about ultimately it boils down. to like, what is better for the kid as a basketball player in their development as a player so they can achieve their dream of going and playing in the NBA. I mean, I think, Going back to your point about the NBA valuing a player like Cassius Winston, I feel like just because they have this G League doesn't mean they don't, but they also are going to value a guy like Jalen Green who they could start branding and they can start using for their brand right now instead of waiting a year. Obviously, Zion, like you said, benefited. Everybody benefited from Zion doing that because now he's this huge name and the NBA has this huge name. But at the same time, they're going to get an extra year, a year or two with guys like Jalen Green, Isaiah Todd to brand them in to the NBA brand and, you know, make them a face of the young NBA. So I think they're always going to value the four-year player. They're always going to value a developed college player. But brand-wise, market-wise, money-wise, the NBA is still out there to, like, make money off basketball. Like, at the end of the day, like, that's their organization. And so they're going to still – they're going to value both parts, but they're going to value a guy like Jalen Green any day because now you could start branding him right now and start making him for the NBA right now. 
That's why I think it's really interesting to see where this goes from an individual player standpoint, because I don't, and I don't know all the financial and marketability and advertising things that Jalen Green is receiving by going to the G league. But like from an outsider's perspective, I don't really think he's going to have the same marketability as he would have, if he went to Memphis um, where he was kind of expected to go. Like the reason that Zion's brand blew up so much was because he was playing on ESPN every night and he was throwing down these unbelievable dunks and making all of these unbelievable plays. And that led to him getting one of the largest shoe contracts ever for a rookie in the NBA. Um, if Jalen Green is able to find a way to market himself in the NBA markets him effectively in this year of him playing in the G League and his brand is huge coming out of his year in the G League where he can sign a contract with Nike that is it's probably not gonna be even close to what Zion did because Zion is his own brand in himself. But similar to what other players have done in the past, maybe a little bit better, then then it becomes another thing where players can market themselves equivalently in the G league as they can in the NCAA, which takes away another reason to go to the NCAA. There's just so much that goes into the decision process and it comes down to what players value. And if I was in that situation, go to the G league. And another thing is like, we're going to end up seeing within these next couple of years is when the actual draft comes, because now you have two different leagues that people are coming to the NBA from. You have the G league and you have, college basketball where before before we only had what and you have players from overseas exactly balls from new New zealand yeah yeah exactly what i was going to say is you only had college basketball then that just little handful of overseas players but now you have probably like we said 5 10 15 whatever the number is coming in from the g league and what we're going to see in the next couple years is who do the nba scouts value more the college players or the G league players. And that's also going to affect people's decisions for where to go soon. So I, th- I think it's great that the NBA has two leagues to come in now too. It makes for more fun. It's really, it's a good thing to do. Yeah. I think this is going to, I mean, yeah, I totally agree. This is going to be good, but we're not going to be able to see the total effects for it for a few years until, you know, this whole G league situation gets, you know, solidified and everything is like, you know, we've seen it for a couple of years, but it should be interesting. Um, I think we all agree that it'll, you know, even the even the playing field for a team, especially like Illinois. So if you're an Illini fan, this this could be good for you. The last thing we definitely wanted to talk about was last night or this morning, ESPN released the first five minutes of the the last dance documentary, um, which is going to be a ten episode event. It was supposed to not happen until the summer, I think, but they started releasing it because everybody's in quarantine. Uh, did anybody watch the five minutes? How do you guys feel about it if you did? We were talking about it before, Brandon. I feel like those are the fastest five minutes of documentary <laughs> I've watched in a long time, maybe ever. Like, the amount of people they interviewed, whether it was Michael Wilbon, yeah. Jay Adande, um, uh, Jerry Reinsdorf they interviewed too. Like, I mean, I knew they were going to interview these people, but then to, like, see it and it's going so fast. And they hit on so much, I feel like, in the first five minutes, whether it was oh. – like, I didn't know that they were considering not having the Jordan Bulls in 97, 98. Like, I didn't know that. Yeah, like, no. I didn't know that about blowing it up and rebuilding. Like, whoa, okay. I've learned <laughs> something new already. Like, no, it seems crazy. Yeah. I think the strongest part of this documentary is going to be the interviews. Like, they in five minutes, they put the intro and four interviews in there from, like, Chicago beat writers and, you know, Chicago personnel. And, I think it left on the the cliffhanger of, you know, Jerry Krause and how much, you know, power he wanted and how much credit he wanted. And like, I cannot wait until Sunday night. Like I'm going to be glued to that screen the entire time. And I love how ESPN is supposed to like do the unedited version. And then like ESPN two is supposed to do like the, the the PG 14 or whatever version. So I'm going to be so locked in. It's going to be so fun. I think just from watching like some, like all the previews and stuff, cause they're on, it's like every commercial break, Yeah, yeah. obviously you just like like you said the amount of people they've interviewed for this just like barack obama like just (laughs) like not like he's random but like just people that i want to know like where they fit in like what what part of the story is this and it's like i feel like people obviously like we weren't around during that time but like people who were people like us who have like watched things read things we think people think they know what like went down what this was about I feel like everybody's just gonna be in this like surprise like just 
things they never knew. And I think what I think Michael Jordan came out and said, like, people are going to think I'm a bad person after this. Like, that makes me want to watch it so much more because I'm like, okay, what went down? Like, what happened? I feel like we're going to see just like a whole different side of sports and just like what it takes to have a winning culture. And I think like there's going to be some real stuff that goes down. I'm excited. Yeah, this is, this is going to be fantastic. I mean, everyone's locked in. All these sports fans, they're itching for something to watch. What better to release than a documentary about the greatest basketball player ever? Like, Alec, you, you said you learned something in the first five minutes. Like, what are there, ten parts to this? Like, we're going to learn so much. It's going to be, like, so much beyond basketball. It's so cool. Like, Jordan was like, everyone's going to hate me, but greatness comes with a price. So, I'm excited. This is going to be fantastic. I'm curious to see what's going to make – us, you know, think Michael Jordan's a terrible person because, like, I don't think anybody thinks he's the greatest person right now. So, like, what's in there that's going to shift our opinion so much far downward that's going to be like, oh, my God, like, this this guy is terrible. I mean, he's definitely – well, they have, like, the film crew access for the entire season. Yeah, so it's going to be insane. say things during that, they're going to make you, like, jeez, dude, like, relax. <laughs> I feel like it's – if you're the greatest basketball player of all time, like – you had to like go through some stuff. You had to put some people through some stuff. Like you don't get there with just like not at all. Like you have to be like the toughest. Like he had to be the toughest person. And I feel like that was also put on other people as well. And he put that on the other people as well. So I think, like I just said, like we're going to see a different side of like sports and like what it takes to be the greatest. Well, just as, like, an example, I feel like people may use, and you won't see this in a documentary, I think, about, like, why people think Jordan might be a bad guy. Like, have you guys all seen the Dream Team documentary that yeah, uh, they made? I think it was NBA Network made or NBA Films yeah. made about the Dream Team in 92. Yeah. And they go and play in the Olympics, and they play Tony Kukoc. I don't know what country he was from, but, like, Scotty and so, yeah. Jordan are, like, talking about how – they knew this guy was going to come to the Bulls. They just wanted to eat him alive. Yeah. Like, like that's just, like, <laughs> like you guys are beating every team by, like, 50. Anyway, and now you just want to eat this guy alive, and, like, you two are the only two that are allowed to guard him, and you want to be matched up against him on offense just so you can expose him. Like, come on, man. Like, <laughs> you're already beating the crap out of his team. Like, way to just beat the crap out of him, too. But, like, that's, a, that's what a competitor does. And they tore guys down the moment they got to Chicago, and they – they weren't good enough and they weren't mentally strong enough. See ya. Like you're gone. Like you're not good enough for us. We'll find someone who is. Yeah, it's crazy. I think it's going to be, I mean, hopefully one of the best sports documentaries that ESPN has done, which is saying a lot because, you know, we talked about last week how they always are pushing this great documentary content, but I think that's going to do it for today's episode uh, for Gabby, for Alec, for Josh. I'm Brendan Jones. Uh, thank you for listening. This has been the Daily Online Sports Podcast. Thank you.